Hello, believers, skeptics, and paranormal thrill seekers. Today is August 16th, 2022. This is the launch date of this show, Through the Veil. This marks the start of a journey that I am looking forward to taking with you, the listeners. To celebrate the launch of this podcast, we are kicking it off with a multi-episode series that we call Dealing with Demons. We will be looking at different named demons, possessions, and a few personal accounts that I had the pleasure of gathering from first-hand witnesses myself. Thank you all so much for joining us on our launch date. Now, on with the show. Do demons exist? What are they? Can they torment the human world? If so, then why? Can they specifically target a specific person or family to torment them? Even worse, torment that family over different generations? Hello, listeners, and welcome to Through the Veil. I'm your host, the guy with a friend who put a rented copy of The Exorcist in his mailbox overnight after watching it because he didn't want it in the house anymore. I'm JD. Today marks the start of our Dealing with Demons series. We have multiple episodes tangled into this series. Some of them involve my own personal experiences. I won't tell you which ones, but maybe if you listen to the full series close enough, you'll be able to figure it out. So get ready, grab your coffee or something harder if you prefer, turn off the lights, and let's get started. According to the Public Religion Research Institute's 2020 Census of American Religion carried out between the years 2014 and 2020, it showed that 70% of Americans identified as Christian during this seven-year interval. This could mean that 70% of Americans believe in the existence of demons. However, when you start to separate beliefs based on the many denominations of Christianity, it's actually more around 45 to 50 percent, as not all denominations actively believe in the physical manifestations of demons. What are demons? Demons, according to the Christian faith, are fallen angels. When Lucifer rebelled against God, so did a third of all the angels in heaven. When God cast Lucifer from heaven, he also cast that third of angels with him. These became demons. However, if you look beyond the printed Holy Bible into some of the text that was reportedly removed from the book, such as uh, the Book of Enoch, you will see that demons, or filthy spirits, that roam the earth are those of the Nephilim that were destroyed during the Great Flood of Noah. See, when you put the two together, the Holy Bible and the Book of Enoch, you get a complete account of the war in heaven. Those that were cast out and the fact that they desecrated God's creation of man by taking wives of the son of man. This mixing of the species created men of great renown. The Nephilim. God saw these creations as abominations and thus the flood was actually meant to destroy them and the corrupted men that served them. That is only according to the Christian religion. Truth is, demons exist in almost every religion that has nothing to do with Christianity. In Hinduism, they have their own classes of demons, according to Britannica.com. 
They are the Asuras, and they directly oppose the gods. Then there are a class of Asuras known as the Naga, or serpent demons. The Ahi, the demons of drought, and the Kamza, the archdemon. Demons that afflict humans are known as Rakshashas. They are demons that are hideous and grotesque, and they dwell in cemeteries, persuade people to perform anti-religious acts and attack holy people. Now, there are also the Pishashas, who dwell within places or areas where violent deaths have occurred. The Buddhist religion views demons as forces that inhibit one's ability to achieve nirvana. As you can see, just comparing the Christian and Buddhist religions, demons signify filth, anti-God, and failure. Generally, they are the embodiment of real evil. For this episode, we'll be looking at it from a Christian standpoint, as that is how I was raised. I do not wish to assume anything for a different religion that I do not have all the facts on. I'm not that ignorant or disrespectful. For this episode, I found an account of a demonic encounter where the person let me interview them on tape to use in this episode. I will not be playing any parts of the interview. I will however tell her story. Who knows, maybe I'll release an episode where we go through the interview tapes together and I'll let you guys hear them. So let's get on with her story. It was 1985 in Haines City, Florida located on the outskirts of town between Haines City and the town of Lake Alfred. There lived a single mother. Her name was Mary. She was unmarried and living in a small trailer on a dirt road. She rented the trailer from an older couple and lived there with her two children, Amy, who was 14, and her son Jody, who was four. Mary was between jobs and completely devoted to her faith as well as dedicated to raising her children in church. You see, Mary was apostolic. What is that, you might ask? Well, it's a denomination of Christianity that derives from the teachings of the Apostle Paul. Some of you may say it's a Jesus-only church. Women don't wear pants, men don't wear shorts, no jewelry, no makeup, no TV. Guys keep their hair cut. Their faces shaved and women keep their hair long. And they also speak in tongues. They also firmly believe in demons and their ability to influence the world both physically and mentally. Within this religion, they do practice casting out demons. But it's not like a business, like say the Catholic religion, in terms of requiring approvals. Now everything was going fine for Mary for a while until she started to notice some strange things going on in her small trailer home. She would be walking by her daughter's room and her daughter would be facing the wall seemingly talking to somebody who wasn't there. This would be more acceptable if it had been, you know, her four-year-old son, as younger children have vivid imaginations. This, however, was her 14-year-old. At the time, Mary just put it in the back of her mind and let it go. Her son had not said anything to her about seeing or hearing anything, so she thought, oh well, maybe it was just a teenager thing, maybe it's a phase. 
over time, she started seeing this more and more. Then it came to a point where Amy spent all of her time in her room, by herself with the door closed. Mary could still hear her talking to someone through the walls and through the closed door. A few months went by, and Mary finally sat down with her daughter and addressed the elephant in the room. She asked her daughter who she had been talking to. Her daughter replied, That's a friend of mine, very casually. What's her name? Mary asked. His name, Amy corrected her. This was a big red flag to Mary. Okay, what is his name? I can't tell you. He doesn't want you to know, Amy answered. This is something common within most religions that share a belief in demons. They are very reluctant to give you their names as this gives you power over them. This was red flag number two. He doesn't like you. In fact, he hates you, Mama. Amy continued. Why does he hate me? Mary continued to question. Because you love and serve Jesus, Amy said. Mary's heart skipped a few beats and she began to feel sick to her stomach. She stopped the questioning and went to check on her son. He was playing with his toys in the living room like nothing was wrong. She was grateful that whatever was going on in her home had not taken a liking or interest to him. Yet. Mary did her best to make sure the home stayed livable. Through lots of prayer and not asking any more questions, she felt like she could deal with it. However, that all changed when it decided to escalate from there. You see, Amy had decided to go to a friend's house for a sleepover one night. Whatever had latched onto her stayed behind, and it apparently was not happy about Amy leaving. Mary was awakened in the night by the sound of something banging on the walls of her trailer. This went off and on all night until Amy returned the next day. Mary had decided not to tell Amy about the ordeal. She could see her daughter slipping further, little by little, every day. Over time, it had been decided that Amy would move out and move up to the state of Georgia to stay with family. This was Amy's idea. Since she was never told about the last time she stayed away from home, she had no idea what the consequences would be. Amy did move out and left her mother and her four-year-old brother in the home without her. Seemingly the only one that kept whatever was there from harassing the family was leaving. Now it did not take long for it to start showing and throwing a tantrum that its human was gone. Mary had been keeping little Jody in her room at night. This time, its disturbances woke him up. Mama, there is something on the roof. Little Jody woke up his mother saying quietly. Mary listened intensely. Then it started again. It sounded as if someone or something was on the roof of her trailer stomping its feet from one end to the other, back and forth, louder and louder. Jody was terrified. He buried his face under the covers and covered his ears. Mary went down the hall, turning on lights as she went. The sound, still
still running its path on the roof. She went to the front door, opened it, and gathered her courage to go outside. She left the safety of her home and went outside in the middle of the night. It was dark. Thankfully, the moon was full and shining brightly enough for her to see. She looked up to the flat roof of the mobile home, and then the sound just stopped. To her great fear and confusion, she saw absolutely nothing on the roof of her home, which to her is scarier than if she had seen something up there. She went back inside where she found Jody still sitting on her bed, hands still over his ears with fear in his eyes. She told him it was okay and that there was nothing up there. After a few days had gone by with no further activity, she went to her church and asked her pastor if he could come to her home to pray and anoint it. He never did, as he simply just told her that he couldn't make it. Now, Mary and little Jody did not stay in that trailer long before moving out. After doing some research of her own, she discovered that what she thought had attached itself to her daughter was what she referred to as a familiar spirit. After doing some research, I found out that the term familiar spirit is mainly in a Christian belief. It literally refers to a demon that provokes or bids a person. The term is used a total of nine times in the King James Version of the New Testament. This is according to compellingtruth.org. This type of spirit is usually referred to as a spirit that walks with a medium. It has to be conjured. So, if it was in fact a familiar spirit, then that means Amy had to either conjure it up herself or it was left there by the former tenants after they summoned it. During the interview with Mary, she expressed great pain in the thought that her church leader had abandoned her to deal with the problem. I can believe that. You see, something similar happened to my family. And when we reached out to the pastor we had at the time, we got no response. Luckily now, our pastor that we have would come running to the rescue at a moment's notice. As he has already done once before. I'll tell you guys that story some other time. Now, Mary also told me that this event was not the first time she had an experience with demons. Her stories, maybe I'll tell them throughout the series. Now, she still lives in Florida, albeit not in the same town. She still attends a church that is loving, caring, and there for you when you need them. She said she still has dreams about this experience and refuses to talk about the incident after the sun goes down. She is now 72 years old and retired. If you believe in demons or not, strange things like this do happen. Was it a demon? I don't know. My religious and spiritual beliefs tell me yes. But I respect others' opinions and skepticism. We are all entitled to believe what we want to believe in. And I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to this and learn a little more about where I came from. Now, I did get a chance to speak with Amy, who was 14 at the time. 
she said that according to her, she doesn't really remember too much about the experiences or the conversations that she had with the spirit. She did, however, go on to tell me that the spirit did hate her mother. And at one point it wanted her to kill her mother because it hated her that much. I'm trying to get her currently to come on the show to talk about it some more. She's a little reluctant, and I respect that. Well, listeners, that's all I have for you this week. And I'm so glad that you let me spend this time with you. Remember, if you enjoyed this episode, please throw some holy water on that five-star review, follow and share with a friend. Remember, if you'd like to tell me about your own personal story, please search for me on Facebook at JD Through the Veil. You can also follow me on Twitter at JD The Veil. And if you really like this podcast and want to help it grow, consider supporting this podcast by clicking the support link in the show description. I'm your host, JD. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep an open mind. Once again, this has been your opportunity to peer through the veil.